talking with the experts. What you want to do is identify, identify the things that people are coming to you for. So for me, they're coming to get grants written. And then I was seeing that the problem was really a marketing plan. So identify who that was. So that was holistic business owners. So then the next thing that you want to do to find out what their problem is and to speak in their language. So grab a couple of these potential clients, sit down for coffee and just chew it over with them. What is it that, you know, what's itching you? What's the pain? What would you like to see more of? You know, if you had all the money. So these are questions that you can ask them. If you had all the money in the world, what would that look like? And it's not so much their answers, but you're listening for the language. So it's, you know, if you're talking to, I don't know, a used car salesman, he'll be talking about, you know, how big the tyres are and how fast the brakes stop and, you know, the big met engine and that sort of thing. But if, you talk, if I'm talking to a holistic business owner, she wants to know that she can work from home around her children or around her family, responsibilities, and still have time to do the things that she wants to do. Talking with the experts. Talking with the experts is about all things business by business owners for business owners, and you can find it on all good podcasting streaming platforms and on YouTube. My name's Rose Davidson, and I'm your host today. And it's my very great pleasure to introduce you to Christine Stowe. And Christine is going to be discussing with us finding that sweet spot in your business. And Christine, I worked in the corporate world for a very long time and it was like the height of her life. She loved it, everything she wanted to do, um, you know, travel the world. She was advising doctors and anaesthetists on the best medical products. And, you know, she had an inner city home and, a, you know, the, the typical white picket fence and two kids and a husband that she absolutely adored. And then her youngest got um, became unwell and Christine's life just stumbled into a hole basically so yeah but now she's back on top of her game she's now doing business coaching she's the the grant lady if you ever want a grant in australia she's the person to go and see christine thank you so much for joining me no thank you so much for having me here i was excited nervously excited but excited (laughs) to come on so my daughter was at three months of age was diagnosed with a, a genetic condition so it was a result of that. And yeah, I felt, I often say I felt like I was slung like a spinning top into a world of disability, a world that I didn't didn't belong in. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've been, we've known each other for quite a number of years uh, and I've been following um, your story and Imogen's story and, and um, yeah, it's been a, an up and down battle for both of you, but you know, she's, she's doing well and you know, that's, that's all we can hope for. And as I said in the intro, you are the grant lady. I mean, if you want a grant in Australia, Christine is the person to go and see, honestly. <laughs> uh, I can help people with grants. And, yeah, I often say it's not about the money. It's about the passion and purpose. Yeah, it's exactly. And if you're not passionate about what you do, then why are you, why are you there in the first place yeah. is, is what I think. So tell me, how can people find their sweet spot? What's involved in all of finding that sweet spot? So to go back, I was, you know, finding something wrong with my daughter and then got involved in politics, got elected to local government. And after that, I was looking how I could use my skills and abilities and looked at what what I had in my 
tools, if you like. And what I had was I'd been 100% successful in applying for grants. So I set up a special school holiday program. And so I wrote a program to help people, help businesses, small businesses apply for grants. So the steps that you need to take is to, to get clear on, on your vision, write a budget, and then put it into writing. But what I found was that it was mostly women coming to me in holistic businesses who hadn't done the initial steps, who hadn't actually written a business plan and a marketing plan, which is really what you need before you're going to apply for a grant. So that's how I came about. It was the people who are coming to me and that's how I identified my market, who needed the most help. So what I saw was that those people hadn't identified the problem that they solved for their market. So they were talking about, you know, so they're typically hypnotherapists, naturopaths, Reiki healers, coaches, but they don't talk about the problem that they solve. They talk about in terms of the modality. They say, my modality is this, or my modality is Reiki, or my modality, you know, I'm a great hypnotherapist. But they weren't, and then usually not connecting to their clients that way. Because your client doesn't care about your modality. They just want you to solve their problem. You know, I'm coming to you for, you know, because I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I'm overweight. So those are the, the problems that they're typically solving, but they're not connecting with it. And I suffered from it myself. I, yeah, I think with we all start in business, we all suffer with it. We think we've got all these great skills, just like push them out there. And, you know, it's like having a child, just push and push and push. But who gives a damn, you know, because you're not solving anything. You're just pushing your service or your product on, on top of people. And, yeah, it's, and I think we all get that. And I understand about the business plan too because I didn't have one um, for a long time. And I thought, why do I need one? But, mm. yeah, you do. It's so just not... Just not even for your own peace of mind, but if you want to, you know, as you say, get a grant. Yeah. So the next thing that I'm going to create is a one-page business plan and a one-page marketing plan. But that's what I found was that it was women who were coming to me and it, it was breaking my heart because they had great ideas, great passion and great projects, you know, helping women in domestic violence, uh, Indigenous kitchens, using Indigenous gardens, all sorts of things helping, you know, again, other people wanted to set up a cafe for people with disabilities as well. And I saw these projects and things that people wanted to do, but they hadn't actually committed it to writing. They hadn't actually started, you know, to put it in writing. And what I found was that when I wanted to set up the special school or the holiday program or the cafe for people with disabilities was put it in writing. And for whatever reason, you know, I say it's about, it's never about the money, it's about your passion and purpose. But if you put it in writing, whether it's a message to the universe, a message to your MPs or whatever it is, you've got something in writing. And that's the start, putting it in writing. And then, so you need to identify who it is that you serve. So almost without exception, the women that will come to me for grants would say, I want to help everyone. But you can't help everyone. And what I realised was I used to run a group called Women in Property and that was, that was really specific, women interested in property. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger because it spoke to what it was. 
So that's when I realized you need to focus on who it is that you serve so that you can almost like you're speaking to that individual person, speaking their language. So you need to identify who it is that you serve and then the problem that you solve for them. So is it weight loss? Is it anxiety? Is it helping with parenting? Whatever that problem is, because I've seen the people come to me, they've got beautiful skills, but they're not connecting because they haven't identified the problem. And very early on, before I, before there was internet, maybe even last century, <laughs> I did a mini business course at TAFE. And he said, if you've got a business idea, he said, go out and test it out. Go out and see if people want it. He said, stand at the railway line with a scratchy ticket, you know, and get people's feedback. Is this a good idea? Would you buy this? And a lot of times people have got beautiful ideas, but they haven't tested it out. Well, they haven't actually worked out the business centre, the, the income centre. So I've had people that come to me that have got a great, uh, great business idea, but they're charging the wrong person. So they're, they're charging the people, um, the end, the, the service providers rather than the clients. So you really need to work out who it is you serve and the problem that you solve. Once you connect with a problem that you solve, then people need to know how you're going to help them, like what the program is. They need to put, you know, again, in writing a proposal. People need to know what it is that you, you know, how the steps that you're going to take. What's your program called? And my program's called I Said Yes. Because I said yes once I said yes and mapped it out. Who do I serve? Holistic business owners. The problem that I solve, get you more clients by getting clear on who it is you serve and the problem that you solve and map out your program. So that's how you find the sweet spot. <laughs> Thank you. That's a really good way of doing it. It's short and... We are, I think not all of us, but a majority of female entrepreneurs, female business owners don't follow those steps. You know, as you say, they want to help everybody. Um, when I had, you know, the, 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 the pre, pre to what my business is now and we had discussions when I first started about this very project and I said I wanted to serve everyone and you just went, what <laughs> you can't do that and yeah you can't and I've and I've learned over time that um, you've got to be very specific about what you want to do because otherwise you can't uh, target your your messaging that's right um, if it otherwise you just locks it's like spraying cement on a wall and just chucking it or spaghetti or whatever it's not going to stick because no. um because the message isn't right and and it's not clear to the people who you really want to serve or who really need your services. Yeah. And you've got to make it easy for me, like or make it easy for your clients. That's from my corporate life. It was always make it easy for me and make it easy to pay me. I noticed some people don't make it so easy to take the money. <laughs> and make it easy for them, easy to take the steps. So very often, and I've been guilty of it myself and still am sometimes, People don't put a call to action. Mm. They don't actually say, these are the next steps you need to take. I mean, sometimes I'll be making posts that are engagement and it won't be about a call to action, but very often at the end of it, you need to make a call to action. Okay, send me a direct message. Well, this is my email. Or here's my calendar to make a time. 
Yeah, it's. Um, I've been told it's like um, conversing with a four-year-old. You really have to make it that simple. That because people need to know what those next those very next steps are. Uh, it's felt very good to have a, a wonderful post, but if they don't know that you want them to call you or join your Facebook group or contact you on LinkedIn or somewhere, they, they have to be told because they're not going to know. Yeah. And you can post inspirational stuff, and sometimes I do, but likes don't convert to sales. No, they don't. Definitely don't. And, and you know, this um, numbers game in, in Facebook groups and on Facebook pages, business pages, you know, people get so hung up on the numbers. And really, it's I think it's just an ego thing because who's if you've got like six or 7,000 people in your group and no one's bought from you yet, then what's the point? Yeah. Of having the group, you know, you, you've got this group for people to buy. Yeah, or people say, oh, you know, I just really like doing it. I'm, I don't, I'm not about the money. So if they're not about the money, then you need to figure out, is it a hobby or is it a business? I mean, yeah, it's all you, you know, you want to be fulfilled for sure. But you also want to have a return on you know, what you've outlaid. So if you've done courses, you know, I spent like probably $100,000 on courses. And you start to get a bit drained after a while. Yeah, and when the money's not coming in and you keep shoving money, money after money after money, it's like, you know, you're shoving good money after bad. It's just, um, it gets disheartening after a while and you just don't, you think, well, what am I doing this for? But it really comes down to your messaging. It comes down to your processes as well. Yeah, I could have saved myself a whole lot of money if I just did that the best place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, you know, buy all these courses and buy all these programs and, and you know, like computers things and apps and all sorts of things. And I think, well, you know, I've got all these great tech, tech all this great technology, but I've got no one to, to use it on. <laughs> so yeah, it's so just I, sitting there. So the other thing was that, you know, I signed up for course after course after course, and it wasn't until I actually got serious and you know had a serious talking to myself you know that I wasn't going to get be successful by just assimilating courses or just paying for courses you don't kind of assimilate by by paying for it and not actually doing taking the steps absolutely yeah take the steps you get the results so I was you know getting all those courses that I purchased that you know they weren't going to just sit on my computer and jump out and fix it for me. I had to take the steps. So I had to get serious. And that's why I call my course or call my program. I said, yes. One of my other coaches that, or mentors, um, the rich money bitch that I did this year, she said, you go first. And I was like, what? She said, you need to go first. This is what she was saying. And it just dawned on me the other day that you need to do those steps first before you can help others. Absolutely. I agree. Yes. And uh, again, as uh, as women in business, even men, men are the same too, but I don't know, they seem, maybe I'm not, not focused so much on them, but they seem to be a, a bit more successful. Maybe they're more used to, you know, being out there and, and, you know, putting their face out there where we, you know, we grow up with the stay demure and, you know, stay in the background and, I think, I think we're being a bit unfair on ourselves because I have been in webinars recently with men where they're doing the same thing. You know, they're not actually 
you know, that they want a grant because they don't want to charge for something. So I think that we're, we're probably a bit hard on ourselves. I don't think it's just women that do it, men do it as well. Mm, yeah, they do. But I'm, as I said, I'm probably not focused so much on what the men are doing and more on what the women are doing because they're my target market. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Women, I, uh, we, women do it differently, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, we've gone through it to find out what the sweet spot is. So now can we just dive a little bit deeper and find out how we get to that point? So the first thing that you want to do is identify identify the things that people are coming to you for. So for me, they're coming to get grants written. And then I was seeing that the problem was really a marketing plan. So identify who that was. So that was holistic business owners. So then the next thing that you want to do to find out what their problem is and to speak in their language. So grab a couple of these potential clients, sit down for a coffee and just chew it over with them. What is it that, you know, what's itching you? What's the pain? What would you like to see more of? You know, if you had all the money. So these are questions that you can ask them. If you had all the money in the world, what would that look like? And it's not so much their answers, but you're listening for the language. So it's, you know, if you're talking to, I don't know, a used car salesman, he'll be talking about, you know, how big the tyres are and how fast the brakes stop and, you know, the big engine and that sort of thing. But if, you talk, if I'm talking to a holistic business owner, she wants to know that she can work from home around her children or around her family, responsibilities, and still have time to do the things that she wants to do. So she's not going to be concerned about the size of the engine and the size of the tyres, but she wants to know. So those are the things that I'll be talking about, that I do talk about. I talk about my journey. I talk about how I balance looking after Imogen and taking the steps and the reasons that I do this and the reasons that I do this are the same as it is for those women. That I want to work around my caring responsibilities with Imogen. I also want to be fulfilled. Mm. I also want to be rewarded and acknowledged for what I for the you know what I've learned and that's what I've found common amongst all the women they want to be acknowledged and I've heard them say women that I've spoken to a couple of times women born for more they're born you know we've got something to offer but we're not being we're not using it we're not fulfilled you know the money's great or not (laughs) But we're not fulfilled because we're not connecting. So it's a connection, I think, that, that most often women want. So it's about figuring out what it is that you most often get asked to do, sitting down with those people and figuring out their, their pain point, their itch, how you can help, how you can solve their problem. So what is the problem? Is it, is it about money? No. You know, if it comes to grants, it's about your passion and purpose. Yes. And passion and purpose, as I said earlier, if you don't have passion, then you're in the wrong game. I I believe. So it's like podcasting or, excuse me, or, you know, making videos or PowerPoint presentations, writing grants or helping people to get their grants. I mean, I know a lady who helps women get um, awards. She she teaches them how to write award applications. And she does great stuff, you know, and a lot of her clients have won huge awards, so, you know, and, and that's what her business is. It, but it took her a while to get to that sweet spot to... Um, to figure out what people what, what yeah. people want and what they'll pay for. Exactly right. I mean, and I they know a lot of... But they mightn't pay. And then you, you start <laughs> to feel drained. Yeah, I know a lot of times um, people just want free advice. 
you know, I, I've got had that heaps of times. You know, I've offered help, help in a group or something. Next thing I know, I've got, you know, 20 or 30 women. Oh, can you help me with this idea or that idea? You know, yeah, I'm... You, you think, well, if I'm helping all these people, why are they wanting everything for free and not willing to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And I that turned me around a little bit. I thought, well, we'll just have to stop offering so much for free and start getting people to pay for it. For, I mean, it cost me money to learn all this stuff. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's a selfish attitude. No, look, it's not selfish at all. I mean, I don't, yeah, it's not selfish at all because you're doing someone a favor. And one of the things that I realized, you know, back in my corporate career, but also through this career, one of the, uh, my mentors said, the more they pay, the more they pay attention. Mm. So it's not being selfish. It's if you charge someone, they're more likely to take action. When I was on council, so, you know, I was elected to local government. And when I was on council, I noticed that people would want me to help them figure out how to do stuff. They'd say, that's great. We want to know how to do that. But they'd come to me on council and so they would get the information for free or they'd get my feedback for free. But then they wouldn't take action. So you're not doing them any favours if they don't take the action because then they're not getting the outcomes that they desire. So it's not selfish at all. In fact, Mm. you know, the more they pay, the more they pay attention and the better their results and outcomes are. Yeah, I had a... I got chastised by um, um, someone that I greatly admire and um, he, he said to me, uh, Rose, I was doing a disservice to the industry that I'm in. I said, why is that? He said, because you're not charging anything. So your people that are, you know, charging for their services are going without work because you're giving the same sort of service for free. And I had never thought about it in those terms. And honestly, what he said to me was um, really took me aback. And so I, I changed the way I was doing stuff and offering less things for free because yeah, he was right. I was doing other people in my industry a disservice and I hadn't thought of it on those terms before. No, I hadn't thought of that either. I hadn't thought of that either. But it, it is true, I suppose. But the more they pay, the more they pay attention and the more they get the results. Yeah. I was, you know, helping people with grants and I had someone come to, you know, she said, oh, you know, I'm interested in grants. And she came to my house and I made her coffee and we mapped out what she needed to do to get a grant. And she went away and she and six weeks later she said, that was great, Christine, I got $10,000 out of that. And that's when I realised I'm worth $10,000. I paid for the coffee, <laughs> I mapped it out for her, she took it away and got the grant. And that's when I realised there's value in what I have to offer and it's Absolutely. worth $10,000. Yeah, I'm actually um, being coached by someone uh, a business coach at the moment and um, he said Rose you, you're just not charging enough money you know you want to look raise your prices because on the same philosophy that people will pay and then they'll take the action um, you know being so inexpensive with my prices I probably thought there was something wrong or I wasn't going to do a good job and then when I, because I was always a bit um, hesitant to, to you know charge what I believe that I'm worth and he said, well, you need to charge what you think you're worth because you are worth it. And, mm-hmm. you know, stop stop demeaning yourself by charging all this little pittance. And I thought, oh, you know, thank you for pushing me in that direction. And I think I find um, a lot of business owners are in that sort of same mindset as myself, is that it, 
they don't think if they're overcharged or they think that they're overcharging if their prices are high and, and you know and lower their prices to to reflect that and um, it should be always raising your prices because you know you are worth you've you've had to learn it's taken you years to learn what you know it's cost mm. probably cost you money you know so you need to build that into the factor of your pricing so you, you need to charge for the outcome so the outcome was ten thousand dollars for the grant absolutely so that's when i realized so not for the hourly rate because yeah like you say you've built up and i've you know 21 years i've been applying for grants so that didn't happen overnight. And yeah. people just want their problem solved. So a lot of the time, it's I just want the grant written. And I'm happy to do that. But what I'd really like to see, what I really love to see is women being successful, finding that sweet spot, sitting down with their clients over a cup of coffee. How good's that? And finding out how they can actually serve those clients. That would be the best. That's how I most want to help women. Yeah, and uh, we all we all need to learn that lesson too. That um, we we uh, we have a lot to offer, and we un we undervalue ourselves, and we and uh, quite often, and uh, yeah, we don't um, know our own worth basically, and we need to step out of that mindset and 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 know that we're worthwhile, and know that we're absolutely awesome, and we should be charging accordingly. I mean, one good exercise to do as well. And I've got a, a lead page, a lead magnet on it, um, is to write down all the things that you've achieved. Like sometimes when I look at what I've achieved, you know, elected to local council, written my book, completed my master's of business administration, I go, holy cow, you know? Yeah. And that's a really good exercise. And to have it in front of you and realize that you are worth it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So we've we've talked about what the sweet spot is. We've talked about journey getting to the sweet spot. So what do you do once you find that sweet spot? So then you use the language that your client's using. So, you know, I want to lose weight or feeling depressed or use the language that your client's using to post, you know, to, to attract those clients. So there's no point making flyers or doing marketing until you've actually found the language that your person's using. So you can, you know, make posts on Facebook. You know, you don't have to go down to the local railway line anymore with the with the TATS tickets, you can actually post on Facebook and see what people are responding to. So are they responding to, you know, are you depressed? Or do they respond to, last week I was depressed and these are the steps that I took to get over it. Are they responding to, you know, a Friday night meditation maybe? So it's about hearing their language and then testing it out on Facebook or social media because it's cheap and it's free. Absolutely, yes, and as long as it remains free, make the most of it. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, and then mapping out the steps. So, you know, what were the steps that I took to 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 write my book, for example? So the first thing was I went to a workshop and, you know, we mapped out the idea. Then, you know, I got into the, the weekend away and then produced it, edited it, and, you know, now I've got the book. So what are the steps? So think about what are the steps that you took you know, to get to where you want, you know, if, if you're sharing your story or the step, the things that you did, I mean, if we go back to you go first, if you go first and, you know, do the training, what are the steps that you took to get to where you are that you can then help other women coming behind you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, a great a great tip, actually. Yeah, go first and the rest will follow, so they say. Yeah, and I, look, I'm happy to speak to any of your listeners and, and map out, help them map out those steps. So, you know, free strategy call, drop me a line. 
Terrific. So you, I know you um, wrote a book about Imogen, so, um, and you do have another? Uh, not just Imogen's Mother's the only book that I've written. I have contributed to two others. Uh, so one was The Empowered Woman's Way and another one was A Book of Inspiration. Yeah, I knew you'd written, um, been involved with a few of them, so, yeah. <laughs> um, where can they find you, Christine, if they want to work with you? So they can go to my website or they can find me mostly I'm on Facebook. The links work on Facebook, so Christine Stowe, Christine A. Stowe 1 on Facebook. Perfect, perfect. Any last words of wisdom? Words of wisdom would be put your stake in the ground. Where do you want to get to? You know, what is that? You know, often we wander around, you know, what is it that success, what does success look like? And put your stake in the ground. I mean, you know, who would have thought a full-time carer with my daughter that requires 24-7 care, I could complete a Master's of Business Administration, write a book and stand in a federal election against the leader of the opposition? Who would have thought that? But I just put my stake in the ground this is what I'm going to do. And I did it. People laughed at me when they said I was going to stand in the state election or the federal election. And they don't laugh now. <laughs> no, they don't. But decide what it is you want to do and just focus on that. Yeah. It, 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 you've got to have a destination. You've got to have the outcome in mind. You've got to have the end game in mind before you can really progress through and start anything. I think you need to focus it's like your roadmap, you know, like if you if you want to go to Queensland, if you don't follow the roadmap, you end up in Perth and you go, what am I doing here? That's it, exactly right. <laughs> Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's lovely to see you again. And I don't know, I'm glad we had a catch up and I'm looking forward to speaking with you again very soon. Yeah, <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Christine. All right. Talking with the experts.